Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about introducing safety tools at the table? Sure, yes. I love safety tools. Me too. And welcome to another fine episode of Pants Talking Games. I'm your host, who's almost always okay, Phil. And I am your other host, who's... Where are we going with this? Why Not okay? Pick your, pick, your favorite, pick your favorite tool. That's my favorite. You stole it. Okay. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Back up. I mean, what do you want me to say? X-rated? <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Pants Talking Games. I'm your host who never goes anywhere without an X card in his pocket, Phil. <laughs> and I am your other host who always has some okay check-in, Senda. I'm oh. not editing any of this. That this was terrible. <laughs> oh, wow. Y'all... This is what happens when, when I don't edit this nonsense. I'm your host, Phil, who's going to use the open door policy to just leave the show. <laughs> um, I'm your other host, Senda, who will draw some lines and veils, one of which is you're not allowed to leave the show. <laughs> there we go. All righty. Uh, welcome to another uh, chit chat episode, and you know it's a chit chat episode because all of that nonsense is all, is in the episode yeah. and not in a bonus outtake. Yeah, you just heard us introduce ourselves three times. <laughs> so this is um so this is not the unstructured chit chat where uh, we just talk about like what's giving us life. We actually have a purpose for tonight's show, uh, which we'll get to in just a moment. But uh, just a reminder: uh, during these pandemic times, uh, we here at uh, Pandas Talking Games are keeping it light uh which is good for our own self-care uh we are neither scripting nor are we editing our our episodes you may have noticed (laughs) so that creates that creates all sorts of mayhem as you heard uh before but um we are picking up topics that uh listeners are sending in to us and uh, we really liked uh this one uh that you're going to introduce in just a moment about safety because um, safety is a thing that uh, we've always been very interested in. And it's something that we actually did a lot of research for uh, when we were working on Turning Point, a game that will be coming out uh, sometime post-pandemic. Someday, Someday post-pandemic, it's going to happen. Oh, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. The manuscript's there. I mean, so it's it'll done. Happen. It's basically done. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you tell us about why don't you tell us about our question for tonight? Yeah, sure. So uh, for tonight's topic, Magical Girl Kira asked us, "Do you have any advice on getting better at using reactive safety tools like the X card, especially in one shots, and especially with people I'm not as familiar with? I find myself falling into the mindset of just grin and bear it, which isn't fun or good. No, it's not. No, it's not. And safety tools are fantastic." Uh, they are things that uh, everybody should get comfortable having in their uh, in their games. Uh, there are a multitude of them, which which is not what tonight's episode is going to be about. So yeah. normally, you know, we're not going to dive into all the different types of safety tools. So I'll just say this um, for tonight: we'll refer to the X card 
um, as the kind of default safety tool in our discussions, unless we specifically call another one out uh, because it has certain features or we're trying to make a point. But I highly recommend um, if you want good information about the different tools, I think the link to the breakout page is still, still out there. there. It is yeah. still there, but and then, and there's also like, um, oh gosh, it got nominated for an Emmy. There was a really fantastic oh, document um, about safety in games that, of oh, course, because we, will we didn't find that link. We didn't plan. We didn't script. I don't remember no. what it's called. It was by some amazing people. I don't no, remember no their worries. names. No we'll worries. find it. I have. Um, <laughs> they have a Twitter account. Yes, it has a link to the safety tools. Yeah, yeah, and um, you can just uh, get it. Uh, right from there, we'll get all right. that into the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's so, all sorts no of good words. stuff. And we've yeah. talked, here's another thing, right? We've talked about safety tools before. Um, and this is not um, going to be another like basic reintroduction to safety tools because we are specifically talking about reactive safety tools, which is one kind of safety tool. Um, it is not the only kind of safety tool. And um, in our opinion, is usually the kind of safety tool that should be used in conjunction with other kinds of safety tools, right? Like um, as a baseline, usually for me um, and you, because we talked about this part briefly before we started recording, right? Um, we want to have something that is um, uh, some sort of boundary definition about the space that we're comfortable playing in. We want to have some sort of consent revoking. So that would be like something reactive, like an X card, right? Um, and then I really like to play with something consent affirming because I like to, you know, be able to say to someone, is this cool, the direction that we're heading in? Yep. And sometimes for depending on the game and depending on the group, maybe that's a formalized tool. And maybe that's just me turning to my friend and being like, I feel like there's a scene where this happens. Are you cool with that before we start? Or even in the middle of the scene saying, hey, I'm about to escalate this. How are you doing? Are we okay? Right. Whatever yeah. that is, so that you can basically negotiate and confirm um, consent, because consent yep. is safety. Tool. And then, the, All and the last tool, <laughs> the I mean, of course, consent, consent is really the basis of all of this. Uh, but then I will just add the last tool in yes. um, to the other two that you mentioned, which is a de-escalation tool, a way to uh, bring down tense scenes, bring down uh, high emotions, things like that. So yes. um, really, we're an advocate for um, combining those into a safety package. But um, you are, you know, you are totally fine. Like having an X card um, is a way to play, you know, with safety um, and you can do it. Uh, I've run many a game with just an X card. Um, I don't do it very much anymore. I usually run all three together, like my little package of them. Mm -hmm. But um, but yes, introducing them, especially when it's people that you don't know, um, can be a challenge. Because when we know people, like when we know the players that we're playing with, it's not as it's not a hard uh, ask, right? Like to be like, hey, I'd like to have these safety tools and you know, these are your friends or, you know, these are people you've gamed with before. And they're like, oh, sure, that sounds great. Even if we've never used them before, like, cool, tell us about them. Um, but if you're playing at a con, playing at a game day, uh, one of those things, and you're sitting down to a table of people you've never met before, uh, it can sometimes be a bit intimidating because, you know, we've seen people have backlashes um, oh, yeah. against against safety tools, which I mean, to me, I will always say is 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 
um, kind of silly because I have written several safety articles. I have argued with people on the internet about safety tools, and I inevitably find that people generally misunderstand um, safety tools, right? They, they think it's about nerfing and not about um, actually pushing boundaries, right? They think it's all about it, they think it's about all about padding and making everything super safe when really everyone I know who's into safety tools is really like, hey, I'd like to really hang over the edge here. It would be cool if we had some safety equipment right. to so do that, it. <laughs> so that if I start to tip over, you can pull me back yeah. because I'm really going to, yeah. Yeah. Because um, that's me. I like to sit on the edge of the cliff and look over. That's sure. what I like to do in games. I like yeah. that. It's very true. It's 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 specifically a thing that I get out of gaming. And so, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I don't like it when I tip over, so I don't want to. But the other thing that I do just want to mention before we start diving in really deep on this, and this is just one of those caveat things that we have to do when we talk about safety. We are approaching a safety topic from a lens of our current understanding of safety from our current knowledge base, from the current conversations about safety in tabletop RPGs and our research into the LARPing community, um, all of these things, right? So this is a snapshot in time and our opinions on safety may continue to evolve and change after this and hopefully we do a good job, but like safety conversations are ever evolving and I think as a community and, and, and like as groups of people, we're always learning new stuff about it. So the caveat here is this is our current understanding of safety and how we would approach this in this particular snapshot of time. And if you ask us in six months, this stuff may change, right? That is totally fair. Thank you for putting that disclaimer. I'd like to put in one more disclaimer. Yes, you should do that um, too. The rest of my advice that's going to come out of here tonight is going to come from uh, my own experience of running games. And I think it's important to acknowledge that I am a middle-aged cis male. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes certain things a lot easier for me than, than you know, for other people. So I just want to acknowledge that when when I when I'm talking about this, um, I'm aware that I, I will try to be very I will try to be very aware that the things I'm saying comes from a very privileged perspective. That I can there are things I can do at a table with with people who have never met me that may come off easier, um, just because again cis cis white middle aged dude. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I just, I want to acknowledge it because... Yeah, yeah, no, I, because, thank you for acknowledging it. it I mean, you are, just have to position it, right? Like, Sure, because there are times, I mean, listen, there are times in my life in gaming and not in gaming where um, I work really hard to build consensus and where I want to, um, you know, I want to explain things and make people comfortable and things like that. And there are other times where I just do a thing. And my... Honestly, my privilege allows me to get away with that from time to time. Like, yeah. I could just slap an X card on a table and be like, we're playing with this X card, otherwise leave. I mean, any of us could theoretically sure. do that. <laughs> anyone, anyone could do that. I have a high chance of pulling that off. Yeah, like, it, yeah, like, yeah. Without anyone getting their feathers ruffled. Like, I have a yeah. high chance of getting away with it. All right, anyway, yeah, I don't want to even talk about that anymore. Yeah. I want to talk about... <laughs> I want to talk about the 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 better way, um, which, and here's what I think is the real goal, right? The better way of introducing safety tools. And I think there's two parts to this, right? I think there is one, there's introducing the safety tool. 
and making people cof- comfortable with it at the table. But I really think that the bonus piece to that is that if you can just win them over yeah, so that their next game or the next time they sit down and a GM puts a safety tool out, that they're like, oh, cool, I- I've done this before. Right. right? I like, know how this works. Right. So the, I guess the second part of it is to um, the long-term win, right? The short-term win is to uh, get it to work at your table. The long-term win is to get them to want to do it in their next game. Right. So I just, I like, that's always, I always shoot for the first one, and I'm pleasantly pleased if the second one occurs. Right. So I think, the, so the interesting thing here is, we didn't necessarily know if we were talking, um, if Alice was asking from the perspective of a player or of a GM. It Ooh. felt a little bit more player to me, but we thought that we would address this from two angles. <laughs> we, <laughs> like, we love. Like we do, right? Um, so we're going to just kind of have a little bit of a chat about like as a GM, how do mm-hmm. you try to create a culture of... Um, making it feel safe to use a reactive safety tool like the X card, right? Yes. Um, and then secondarily, as a player, what are some of the things, if you are a player who is comfortable, what are the things that you can do to make other players at the table comfortable to use that card? Like how can you engage in it in ways that normalize it, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. But we're going to start with the GM stuff because that's like easier to to visualize. And totally my wheelhouse. Yes. <laughs> I GM a lot. It's like... It's like you're the forever GM. Okay. I'm just going to call up. you that. This is your new nickname. Phil Vecchione, the forever GM. We have Sean Merwin, the mad wizard Sean Merwin. We have Phil Vecchione, the forever GM. <laughs> I feel like I've forever GM'd. Uh, so let me, let me, let me, uh, let me throw out a first idea here. Sure. Um, so, one of the things that I do, so I, I run con games, you know, for when I run, when I'm introducing our games to people at the conventions and things like that. Yes. So check. I run convention Good. games for people that I, that I do not know. Yep. Um, so one of the things that I do is to be consistent. Uh, and I do this, I do this as part of a much bigger thing. I have like a little bit of a script for uh, introducing the game to the players right so like in the first like 10 minutes of the of the um like when everyone sits down i have like a little thing i run through that kind of explains like what this game's about uh what are we doing here today but part of that is i have a section in there for safety tools right and i think this is my first point is you should be consistent about your introduction to safety tools right if you um kind of are, you know, introducing everyone at the table and, you know, my name's Phil, I'm going to be GMing for you today. You know, like, oh, what's your name? What's your name? Like we go around, we do a little introductions real quick and like, hey, we're going to be playing Hydro Hackers and it's a game about hydropunk Robin Hood stealing water for your neighborhood, you know, on and on. And then, okay, hey, and we're also today, we're going to be using the X card, right? And I just like put it down. It it gives the appearance that um, one, this is very normal for you as a GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, uh, it it doesn't come off as an afterthought, right? Like you don't you don't get to just like you're almost about to play and you're like oh oh wait and you you know you grab a index card and you draw an X on it and slap it on the table and you're like oh it's the X card, right? Like I make it a part of how I introduce the game, so that it's um, it's just 
like literally part of the whole thing. It's part of the introduction experience. It is definitely something that um, I think the more smoothly you can introduce it and the more comfortable you are just being like, here it is. Here's how it works. Um, you know, it's on the table and, 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 and it becomes part of sort of your pattern for beginning a game. Um, that that's part one of making it really normal. Um, and the more normal it can be to have it and to play with it, the less weird and stigma it is for people to feel like they can engage with it. Um, the thing that I wanted to actually mention, and I don't, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but in the context of normalization, um, there's there's like it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out how to tie this in. Don't mind me. So so sometimes when you're sitting down at a table and you're playing a game that doesn't have a safety tool like built into it or anything, and so you're engaging other mechanics, you're layering them over the top, which is something like the X card is usually engaged in that way, right? Um, when it's not built in like that, then people can feel like they have the option to like opt in or opt out, right? Because they're like, whatever, you just tacked this on. So the really cool thing that I've seen in terms of normalizing is, um, is actually Alex Roberts for the queen, um, which many, many, many people are playing now, which is wonderful and amazing, right? Because it's a fantastic, phenomenal game. And Alex is super, super good at safety stuff. We did a panel with her at Metatopia last year? The year before? Last year? Uh, whenever time 2018? was. 2018? 2019? 18, 2018, 2018, I think. 2018? It's on the RPG panel, ca- panel design, RPG panel cast, I want to say. Yes. Yes. Jason Pitts. So you can actually go back and listen to it. But, um... The thing about the way that she has specifically written the X card into that game is that it normalizes using the X card um, as a content editor. And when you normalize using the X card as a content editor, um, just in a like, ick, this doesn't work, or mm, not feeling it today, or like, ooh, no, no, absolutely not, right? Like it can cover all a very broad range of reasons that you would say no. And so what it does for me, like in that context of what it makes people practice um, that I'm always trying to get across in terms of using an X card or a reactive consent revoking tool at my table is that there is no threshold of bad enough, right? Like you don't have to be in tears before you hit the X card. You don't have to be in extreme distress before you hit the X card. You can be like, I don't really like that. Let's just not. So, let me um, let me tack on to that point. Yes. Um, I think one of the things that's really important is um, is you need to be comfortable and you need to have how you introduce each tool. Yeah. Like you need like it's a thing that you can rehearse. Um, in the case of the X card, the um, if you if you get the um, X card material, there's a little blurb about about how to introduce it. Yeah, which is uh, which which I think is fine. And yeah. if you've ever seen the X card that I've made, it's written, I have that yeah. blurb written around <laughs> the edge of it. Yeah. But here's what I'll say: is that you should make uh, you should you should make those words your own words. I like, agree. Like yeah. it's 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 okay to read it, but you should make them your own words. And to your point. When you put that card down on the table, 
it is up to you to define how you want it to be used, right? So mm-hmm. in in the case of For the Queen, Alex has Alex defines the X card in a very broad term, right? Like we can get rid of a card that doesn't make sense, or we can get rid of a card that's emotionally harmful. Mm-hmm. Um and and there's no difference in that, right? So you can do the same thing as a GM when you put the card down, the way you introduce it and the way that you explain it will set how it gets used at your table. Right. So the important thing about that to me is that when we talk about for the queen, there's, you know, I as a player don't have to explain the difference between uh, not feeling that card and, oh, God, that causes me pain. Right. I'm not obliged Mm -hmm. to tell you that. I can just say no. And so I think it's important. And this is part of how I like to introduce the X card at my table is to try and capture that idea that you know you you don't have to tell me why and we don't need to know if it's um terrible childhood trauma that has been following you for your entire life or just that like you had a bad experience with a taco the other day like it you know it can be any of those things and it doesn't matter if this element of the game is going to make it less fun for you, let's take it out. I, I think I'm going to tack out another piece. Okay, to that, I keep think going. I, 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 well, I hear you talking and it's making me think of things to pull out of it. Sure. Which is, I think the other thing that you're trying to say is one of the stigmas to the X card, especially the X card, because it's kind of the one that we all associate with safety. Yes. Is that it has to be used in these like dire circumstances where a player is like ghost white covered in sweat having some sort of like you know triggered ptsd moment and and what you're what what alex did in in um in for the queen and what you're saying here is that um we can make it less and for a lack of better term less intimidating yes by actually moving it from an emotional certain from just being an emotional circuit breaker to being uh, this content editing tool that we can use to kind of quick trim out things. Like if all of a sudden I mention the president and somebody's like, eh, eh, like, yeah, okay, like, cool. No, we're not on. talking politics. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. So, um, I, so I think that's another way is that you don't want <laughs> you, you don't want your tool coming off as this kind of like, if this thing goes off, yeah, you you don't something bad. You has don't happened want it to be table. the glass case with yes. the like the axe in it that's like break right. glass in case of emergency because no one is ever going to break the glass because right. breaking the glass is going to set off the sprinkler system. Everything is going to come down on you. And like, it doesn't matter if there was actually a fire or not the entire building and everything in it is ruined and soaked, right? Like don't make it that. <laughs> yeah. So again, let me, I'm going to, now I'm just going to recap a little. Yes. Uh, one, work it into your introduction routine so that it seems like it has, it has a normal place in your setup and introduction mm-hmm. Two. Uh, take ownership of how you introduce the tool and um, choose how you want to implement it, which can be in this kind of broad sense so that you can kind of demystify the use of the tool. Yes. Uh, I think that's what we've said so far. 
Yeah. I, I, I have two things that are kind of popping into my head that I want to mention really quick if it's All right. okay. Yeah, you mentioned those two, and then let's talk about what you can do from the player perspective just for okay. a couple minutes. So the other thing, the other two things you can do as a GM is one, if you are running at cons, um, look at cons that have requirements for safety tools. Yes. So not every con does, but a lot of smaller and mid-range cons have gotten into a really good habit of requiring the use of safety tools as well as putting safety tools on the table, which also helps to go to normalize things. Yep. Right? So that's another great way to normalize people to safety tools is like, well, they're part of the con. I'm just going to use them anyway. But again, you incorporate them into yourself. The other one I was going to say is, and you touched on this a little bit, is play a game with built-in safety tools. And then it's, then it, I know what you're saying about it being an add-on, if it's integrated into the game, it just goes with the game. Right. Nobody can question it. <laughs> where, it's not an opt-in, opt-out. <laughs> right. Where I integrate safety tools so that it's also not an opt-in, opt-out is that I consider safety tools part of my GMing style. Mm-hmm. So if you like the way I GM, it comes with safety tools. Not Those, those are no longer separated those are no longer things that can be separated. Like I don't GM the way I GM without safety tools anymore. Yeah. Um, so again, going back to playing games with built-in safety tools uh, is great. Um, so you mentioned for the queen, uh, the new fiasco. Yeah. Yeah. The new fiasco has a uh, consent revoking tool in it. Yep. Uh, our game turning point, which you can get the, um, yeah, you can get the quick start. You can get the quick start. Uh, has a safety section built right into it. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you play Turning Point, you will engage in the safety tools uh, as part of the game. And if you need help coming up with an explanation, the um, Quick Start is also a script besides the rules to the game. Right. The script actually introduces all the safety tools of the game in the game. Right. And, and, and that was intentional. It was intentional. And there are specific parts of the character creation where we basically are like, okay, do your basic safety and then check back in on safety. Like, yep. you know, um, those places where it kind of goes um, in that, in that routine. But so I think, I think our summary was, um, was to make it routine. Mm-hmm. Normalize. Uh, nor- well, make it part of your routine. Yep. Normalize it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Demystify it. Yes. Make okay, it, cool. make it not scary to use. Yeah. Remove and and the again, pressure. the last part is, is, just, you know, make it, make it, yeah, it's make it your routine, internalize it. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. so okay. let's talk about, so one of the things that can happen, and this might be more what Alice was going for, is that I'm at a convention and I walk up to a table and a GM is great and they put down an X card or some other sort of reactive consent revoking tool, right? And, um, and we start playing, but maybe I don't know the people around this table and maybe I'm nervous about engaging that safety mechanic, even though the GM said all the right stuff and made me think the right things. If everybody else looks like they're having fun... that's pressure Mm. right this is is tricky because it's hard this is tricky because i don't i never want to advocate for i never want to advocate for trying to play through like if you need to hit the x card you hit the x card um and let the chips fall where they may um if if you're in real actual if you're in real actual danger or trauma just hit the x card 
and don't worry about the rest of it. Your safety is always more important than the rest of the game. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you because what you just said is the thing where it becomes a break glass in case of emergency, right? Well, but I'm okay. Because here's what I'm saying, right? Like, this is interesting. We're we're figuring this out on mic. (laughs) No, it's fine. Here's here's what I'm afraid to say as a player, right? So as a player, I'm afraid to say like, well, pick and choose when you when you use it. Like, no, don't pick and choose when you use it. You use it when you need to use it. Now, I think that depending on how the GM has introduced it. If they have introduced it as content editing, right, then by all means, the next best thing to do is actually normalize the table by using it. Mm-hmm. Like, do a little content editing. Somebody mentions the president's name and you're like, eh, eh. like, not that president, right? Like, tap, tap. And, and, you know, and that's good. If the GM has set it up and they introduced it as the emotional um, circuit breaker, I don't know what you do there. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. So, so I mean, I guess it, it's interesting because um, I don't know if we necessarily have super good advice in terms of like getting over that hump because, oh boy, here we get into therapy a little bit, right? This is my therapy. Are you ready? Um, you are worthy of having a safe and comfortable game, even if it means that you have to mildly interrupt the pleasure that other people are experiencing. Um, And that's a thing that is a level of confidence that I can't instill in everyone in the world and don't always have for myself, right? But it is what we want for everyone in the world. (laughs) I I think you said it in a nicer way than what I was trying. I was trying to say the same thing. I I think you said it more elegantly. Because Um, I've been in that position. (laughs) Yeah, right? absolutely. Because when you're in that position at the table and you're like, oof, that was a little icky, but I'm not going to say anything because if I just am quiet, they'll go, they'll just move past it really fast or whatever, right? Like, yes, there are times when being at the table and not being a, a cishet passing white dude means that I am making decisions about when I call out content and when I don't call out content because I'm deciding when I want to have a fight or not, Right. And so, like, I get that. And that stuff, like, those are decisions that you got to make on a case-by-case basis if something comes up. And, um, you know, like, do you have the mental energy? All of those things, right? But the fact of the matter is, when we talk about safety at the table, you as a human are worthy of having a safe and pleasant gaming experience, even if it means temporarily, temporarily, moderately, mildly, making other people at the table who are having fun stop for a second, right? Like, you're worthy of that because you are a human and you deserve to have a good experience. <laughs> okay. I, I will also add on, and I think we have done this in a previous show where we've empowered people with their own personal open door policy. Yes. <laughs> is if a table cannot maintain its safety, leave. you are also worthy to get up and fucking leave. Go away. The, you, <laughs> like, don't owe the, you don't owe those people anything. Leave. You don't owe them anything. You can just get up and leave. Go get a... like. Go have a water, a chocolate, a coffee, whatever. You bring you yourself tweet me, back down. DM me your phone number. I will call you and you can tell them, oh, I have to take this and walk away. It's fine. I'll do it. It's like getting out of a bad date. Just whatever yes. you need to do. Just do it. Yeah. So I guess the other part as a player. <laughs> all right. So worthiness is, of course, I think the most important thing. That right? one you is, should, yeah. You, and that one you is should tricky. Always, That's when you have to internalize 
that's one that that no one else can do for you. But there are things that as other players at the table, we can do to help that. Right. Yes. Good. So I think I think another piece would be to be an advocate. Yes. So if somebody else needs to use the X card, um, you can help support that safety tool by um, either using it for somebody else. Like if you see. So, for instance, let's say we're playing and uh, we're playing and the content is clearly making me uncomfortable. Okay, but I have not said anything. Right. Maybe. I am worried about hitting the X card. Maybe I'm upset enough that I don't really remember the X cards there. You can hit the X card and you don't even have to call like, like Santa could hit the X card and not even call me out and Mm -hmm. just be like, you know what? I'm like this worm thing is like not doing it for me. Like, can we, can we make it something like, can we do something else? Can we make it something else? And gosh, I'll just call this out. If you want to hear our experience where we learned that firsthand, uh, you can listen to Royal blood on. She's a super geek because like, you know, if you want to hear what it sounds like when safety breaks, there it is. Right. Once it's happened to you in person, you never want it to happen again. (laughs) Nope. So ad- advocating it, so advocating for other people, I think, is a thing you can do. Uh, I think the other thing you can do is, um, which I think also mo- which helps with normalization, is um, to enthusiastically support it. So if the GM puts the X card down on the table, uh, be the first player who's like, oh, cool, I'm glad you're playing with one of those. Right. Or even be the first player, I mean, depending on how they introduce it and expect you to use it, etc. Because that can vary table to table. But, yep. you know, if here, here's the thing, right? Because one, one of the easy things that I usually end up doing as a GM that I try to do somewhere at the beginning of the game if I'm playing with an X card is I'll like sneak something in that is mine that I can X, right? So I can be like, ooh, I'm going to name that character this. Oh, never mind. That's my that's my ex's name. We're going to just X that name out of the game really fast, right? So like I can demonstrate just being yep. like, oof, no, never mind that content. We're not going to play it. But I'm doing it to content that I came up with, so I'm not offending anyone else. Cool. The GM didn't do that. That's fine. You can still do that, player. I can still do that yes. at any table, right? That's still right. something that I can do to be like, I, a player at this table who knows none of you, I am putting my myself out here i'm being like cool i'm gonna trust you to play with this card the way that we've explained it and with the expectations that we're all sharing and so right now right here i'm gonna prove to you that i am a person who's going to respect that card by pulling it on myself yeah right yeah i so yeah i think i think so showing showing the table support for it yes right not just the gym because listen here's the other thing you don't know that gm could be putting that x card down for the first time yes. so if you turn around and enthusiastically <laughs> welcome its arrival yes. that gm may also take a big sigh of relief like, like oh goodness you know like oh. at least one of these players has seen this before yeah, right well so is supporting this you know supporting this thing the truth of the matter is is that the more times we do this, the more times GMs put it down and play, the more times players um, go to it and use it, the we will create normalization. We're already making it more normal. Yeah, it's I mean, it's uh, it's it's been getting a lot more normal, which is part of the reason I think that we see so much pushback from people who don't really understand the why. Right. 
yeah, I, I like I said, for the times that I have fought with people on the internet, and not that I like fighting with people on the internet, but I think you remember the one day I wrote an article in Home Stew. Boy, do I. <laughs> I decided for 24 hours I would answer every comment Oof. that came in on the page. That was a rough 24 hours. <laughs> it was a rough 24 hours. Um, but you changed a couple of hearts and minds. I you actually did. Over. You actually did. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. You know. I. My. I, you know. I mean. I'm, I'm. I was glad that there was like room for people to. You know. To have dis- discussion and understanding. But again, the thing that I learned is the the pushback that people have about it is never the way the X card gets used. Not right? ever. What mm-hmm. they what they think is like. There's going to be an ogre in the room, and they've got three hit points, so you're they're going to X card ogre, right? Like, that's not how this tool is used, Mm-mm. right? Like, but that's the fear, and it's and that goes back to the demystifying part, right? Like, anytime we can demystify the use of this tool, the less of a oh, why are they putting the X card down on the table, you know, kind of look we're going to get at games, and soon. Every game is just going to have a section in it um, that talks about safety. I, I, you know, we, we talked about game masters and players. I'm just going to knock. I'm going to put the third. Um, I'm going to put a third leg on oh, this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This do it. Do it. I see where you're from going. An, from the designer point of view, right? From the designer point of view, our job in helping to create a culture of safety tools is to incorporate the use of safety tools into the designs that we make. Now, I will mention one pet peeve. Mm. I have a slight pet peeve. Okay. <laughs> um, I like that Alex Roberts didn't do it, but then Fiasco went and did it. I don't think we need to rename the tools to make them catchy and fit the game that they're in, right? Like, oh, I don't need 10. A, it is a small pet peeve, though. It is a small pet peeve, but I don't need 10 names for the X card. It's hard enough in order to normalize things. It's hard enough if we're not all speaking the same language. Sure. Right? But I will like, say about with the one in Fiasco, I think that that one is specifically constructed for people who are not playing the same games that we are at all. Right? Because let's not. Right. But let's but not is the, far more universal and it gets the board game people, which is where that listen, box set is headed. Listen, I get your point. <laughs> but for the queen. Yes has an X card in it. It does. It introduces it. Yes. Like it's no big deal and puts it on the table all within the span of reading one card. Yeah. I mean, it I can agree. be that way. He, listen to me. This is my same <laughs> pet peeve. I'm going to tell you this. Renaming the safety tool after like to the theme of the game is it falls into the same trivial bucket as why I don't like renaming the GM's role <laughs> to the name of the game either. I don't like don't make it the administrator for spy games and the the space lord like like I I'm not interested. It's a game master. We all know whose job it is. We all know what goes with it. It's an X card. It's it's a consent revoking tool. This but is if, interesting if, because I actually find that I I don't know if I agree with you on this one. I understand your peeve. I I get it. My then from from the is, perspective of a universal language, my peeve yeah. is don't muddy the waters. Right, that's like, fair. We are trying to we are trying to get the use of of safety tools into every game, and if the added layer that I now have to combat is translating mm. that this thing is this thing, 
in this game and it, but in this game it's this thing and in this game it's that thing as opposed to it's lines and veils it's an x card it's an open door I just, it's my pet peeve. Look, you, everybody can go yell at me on Twitter afterwards. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's just my pet This is, this is an entirely different conversation that this I know, show I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to stop. Be, I just, I. I will say there, I see where you're coming from. Cause I like having a universal language to identify what the tool is, is an awesome and amazing thing. Right. And I don't think that we did anything magical with turning point because we did basically just use a tool that already existed right and implement it like tie it into our game framework very specifically um however i do think that it is possible to build a specific tool into your game and maybe you don't use it quite the same way and then it you might call it something else that's different i'm just saying like for instance (laughs) for instance if you are designing 6e and you make an X card that has dragon heads at the ends of the X. Oh god. And you call it and you call it like the dragon card. No. Like, no, it's an X card. <laughs> Just make it the- so that all of the people playing this game understand when they sit down at another game. Yeah. Yes, that's the whole point, right? If you have made something different, then yes, name it something different so people don't actually confuse it with the other thing, right? If if your card is different than the X card, then it should have its own name. Well, right? if you want to... But if, you're, we if your card fight about is the this. X card... We shouldn't fight about this, but I have some feelings about... Getting off my soapbox. I, I have some... I'm taking the soapbox with me. <laughs> no, give me your soapbox. I have some feels about the the reasons why they did change that for Fiasco, and I think that oh, they were I'm valid. Not, I'm not a... I'm, again, <laughs> it falls into my level of pet peeve as renaming the game master, which is not a lot, but I eye roll it every time I see it. I just like, ugh, okay, I, whatever. You would That's play katanas your... and trench coats and not be the darkest cosmos. I mean, I mean, you can, you... but are you the game master? You're the game master. No, I love you. No, I, no, you're. I love you, Ryan. You're not the game master, though. You are the mouthpiece of the darkest cosmos. It's different. All right, all right. <laughs> That'll be a whole other oh, episode. Oh boy, we found another topic. <laughs> whole other topic about how Phil doesn't like renaming the GM position. Apparently you can't rename things. <laughs> I don't even like it called Dungeon Master, but I let that exist because I think it predates Game Master, but how, whatever. How do you feel about Facilitator, though? Because I do think that there are games that have a Facilitator Instead of a game master, like I don't think Turning okay. Point has a game master, but I do think you can have a facilitator, which is our Turning Point doesn't have a game master. It has a car- it has a role that's called the first, the first player, player, which says that you are which a facilitator is the facilitator the role that yeah. we renamed. I'm just gonna so <laughs> all right. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. Since we're just gonna fall off of our topic here because we don't edit, um, let me let me stop. be clear. We have no self control. Let me be clear. We did not, in Turning Point, call it the Game Master. Why? Because it's not Because a game it's master. not what you think about as a Game Master. But we also we called didn't it the call first... it the Facilitator, which is no, what it because, really is. No, no, it's not. Kind of. It's not. <laughs> I'm going to explain this because when you play... I know what you're going to say, actually. It's about being able to split the, the, the pieces. You can be just the facilitator in a game of turning point in fact we have a sidebar in the book that says if you have too many people at the table one person can actually pull themselves out as just the facilitator which we've done a bunch yeah yes in which case facilitator is a perfectly fine name the facilitator role in turning point we named the first 
player because they're also a player. And in fact, the definition of it says you're a player like everyone else. We just need you to do a couple of extra things to help the game go around. Facilitate. Yeah. (laughs) But we emphasize the word player as part of it. Okay. I don't think we were accidental in that. We absolutely were not. I just thought it was really funny. In the com- I recall a very detailed conversation very, of coming up with that name. Specific choice in a yes. very specific conversation. I was challenging that you don't think that other people have had that conversation when they rename their game master role. We cannot have well, this conversation. We're I'm just at saying, 45 minutes. We have to. I'm just stop. saying, like when Top Secret named their their GM role the administrator. Okay, and it's just being the GM. That's yeah. That's like, whatever. You haven't done anything different. You, do anything. you just you gave just your you just gave your name a kitschy name for your for your role. Whatever. All right. <laughs> done. And I like when we, your soapbox, when we fall but... <laughs> when we fall wildly off topic and drop down a hole where Phil gets all ranty, it must be time to reach the end of the show. But before we do that, Senda's going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Sure, I totally am, because I totally remember other shows on the Misdirected Mark Network now that I am totally distracted. Just go with the one in the name. Uh, wh- The Misdirected Mark. <laughs> Is a show about gaming, game, game mastering, mastering, and entertaining, and entertaining you. you. You join. can join Phil, Bob, and Jerry every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. my time. You're welcome. It's really <laughs> early, though, now. It's hard to get dinner done in time. But whatever. You can hang out in the chat room, and it's super cool, and you can chat with me and listen to them. And it's great. And you should. Say Senda, where do people find us on the internet? You can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, and Phil, once they find us in one of those locations, what can they do with that fantastic information? Please, please, please send us your topics. Um, even during the pandemic times, um, we are still taking topics and running with them. We can't guarantee we'll stay on topic. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, we can't guarantee we won't get ranty at some point during it. Uh, but You're going to hear about that on um, Twitter. Oh, I don't you're care. You're going to hear about it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we really enjoy uh, actually talking about the things that you find uh, interesting and um, things that will help you uh, in your running of games, be it a GM or player, be it a one shot or a campaign. We are equipped to talk about all of those things. So uh, leave us a topic and um, we'll get around to chatting about it at some point. If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign campaign uh you can go to patreon.com slash mmp um your patronage is what makes all of this possible from uh our you know hosting costs to bandwidth to storage and backups to equipment all of that stuff like all of it need like that's what that's what your support um does for the misdirected mark network and we appreciate it greatly um if you are a patron you'll get access to our slack room for life which is my favorite collection of humans on the internet um, it is my go-to place when I need to uh, feel happy. Um, Other than TikTok. Yes, TikTok and the Slack room. <laughs> Sometimes both because I take a TikTok and post it in the Slack yeah, room. Yeah. Anyway, um, you get actually you get you get access to our bonus outtakes. You get access to um, the Misdirected Mark after show. 
Um, you can, um, we sometimes, and we haven't done it during these pandemic times, but um, we like to give things away, song parodies, uh, things like that. Um, those things will come back around over time. Um, but in the meantime, it is what it is. Anyway, we appreciate you all uh, greatly. Now, if you are already a patron of the show, which thank you very much, um, or you are unable to patron patron the show, which we understand completely, there is a thing that you can do that supports our If You Listen To Us, You Will Love Us campaign. Uh, and that thing just requires you to go to the place where you get your podcasts, probably a place called Apple Podcasts, <laughs> and do a thing what is that thing? Well, it is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice because every new review we get wherever you leave it really does actually help new people on that platform find our show, which is super duper exciting. And we super duper appreciate it. And hey, artistic validation is one of those things that makes us super happy and warm in our hearts, which is one of those it things really does. that like just helps with like the world. The state of the world as it is. Give us the jolt of endorphins, please. (laughs) Say, Senda, uh, what are you going to do when we go back to running games at conventions uh, to better introduce safety tools in your next game? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Bloopy. Clicky. Click, click, click. Click, click, boom. Oh my god, oh, I need to silence my phone. Oh, tisk tisk. It didn't go off. I remembered. I remember Don't now. Tisk tisk me. I I fixed it. <laughs> I, I fixed it. It's all Very fixed good. now. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at my Oh shoot, but no, I have the good. things on it. It has It's looking this... fine. Okay, I have that. Uh-oh, my battery's dying. Everything's happening. Cuz I'm a savage. Uh, but did you see the one where the no no start the show george will you read the scripture for me george i'm gonna i want you to i want you to be quiet Uh i want you to count to five Uh to create some dead space and Uh then i want to start the show Uh uh-huh sure good yes okay cue music do 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 do